everybody for another episode of Cleave and Me, week three. We love our following. This is growing. This is a fun time, but we want to get into things right away, just like every episode. A lot to talk about and a guest on our show, and we want to get things going. Without further ado, though, we want to give a shout out, as always, to Time Skew. Uh, you can find them at TSPN underscore, and you can find them at Time Skew Pod. Great affiliation and our guest is from that networking for that network as well. So it all comes for a circle. And it's going to be a good time. But hey, Cleveland, man, it's been a little while. I know you've been under the weather. Tell the people how you're feeling and uh, you ready for this or what? I'm feeling much better. Uh, of course, I'm ready for a week three of it. I would like to say thank you to our listeners, our 16 listeners. And I would like to also shout out our 87 followers. Thank you for your support. And yeah, and uh, you know, it's gonna take a while. We'll get things rolling slowly, but we know we have a base. We know we have a following, and uh, it's gonna we're gonna do good things here. We we're gonna cover more wrestling outlets today. We're gonna cover more AEW. And we're gonna bring in, you know, NXT. We're gonna talk about WWE, of course, but we're really trying to bring in a lot. But without further ado, we also have our first guest on the show. He is my brother Anthony Ariola. You can find him at Tricky BGTE on Twitter. Anthony, what's going on? How are we doing? Thanks for joining us today. Good, and thanks for having me. That's um, Tricky Tones, BGTE, by the way. Um, but, hey, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to talk wrestling. It's a, it's a little chilly day out, so I'm glad to be inside. I'm glad to be chatting with you guys and uh, looking forward to watching some SmackDown. So, uh, yeah, thanks and uh, appreciate it. And, you know, I want to start – me and my brother – big wrestling fans for a long time. We did have a gap uh, in high school and college where, well, from me, high school and college, for him, college, where we took a little break. But we, we've been a fan since the start. Actually, uh, he was now I'm, I'm a huge fan, but he got me back into it right after I got out of college. And, you know, we've been taking it ever since. We, we love wrestling. We don't, we don't shame it just because it's fake. We, you know, hear all the, you know, hear all that crap and stuff. But, it's a big passion, and uh, that's part of the reason we have it on the show. Very knowledgeable and a great source of information. Let's jump right into it, guys, though. We got a lot to talk about. I want to start with AEW talk. Yes, people, we're going to talk AEW first. I know that's shocking after our first two episodes of talking a lot about Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-views. Rusev, we all know. The great one from WWE who was in it for 10 years. He never really maxed out. He made his debut on AEW a couple of nights ago, and he made a strong statement actually coming at Vince McMahon, and I have the statement right over here somewhere. He was quoted after saying, it was good to feel that way. That wasn't just no role-playing. That was my true feelings. I was given a gold brass in WWE and I never hit the ceiling. So he was truly passionate about it. And Cleveland, what are your thoughts on Rusev when you see a bigger name like that uh, jumping to another promotion? What, what are your thoughts on that move by Rusev, now known as Miro, by the way? I, believe, I think that WWE fumbled that. I believe they fumbled the character of Rusev because I felt that Rusev Day was actually really big. People were really behind Rusev Day, and people finally felt that he deserved the push after his feud with John Cena. If we all remember, Cena beat him three matches straight, 
and basically buried Rusev to the middle card for a majority of his career. And I think that Vince McMahon fumbled Rusev. I think he could have handled him better. I think he should have been able to at least – if Jinder Mahal has a WWE championship run, then I feel like Rusev could have at least got a shot at one when he was at his peak, when he was at the top of the game. And, you know, that's a good point you bring up. Um, he was, as we all know, ripped off by the WWE in terms of getting that opportunity, the big chance. But going forward, Tones, what do you think about him in AEW? How do you see that playing out? Do you think it was the right move by both sides at the end of the day? Yeah, I think it's a good move on both sides. I think uh, the shoe fits on both sides. I think it's a good match made in heaven, honestly. I think that Rusev was um, not appreciated nor respected by the WWE and their leadership. So I think he took uh, his talents elsewhere. And I'll say the real win will be if – AEW could land his smoke show of a wife, man. That thing's a walking piece of steak on a grill. She's hot. But if they could land her, that'll be awesome. Uh, I think it's a good move for viewership, too. Anytime you land a veteran like uh, Rusev or Miro, whatever his name might be called now, I'll probably still refer to him as Rusev. But anytime you could land a guy like Rusev, um, I just think it's good things. I mean, uh, his, he's got a lot of career ahead of him, and AEW needs um, some more main carters, so I think that those two will go hand in hand. And, and you are right about that. AEW is growing. Their star power is getting better by the month. Um, they are not afraid to sign people. Khan, he actually just moved ahead of Vince McMahon and the top richest people, so his, money's, his money is loaded up, and he is ready to spend. He is not afraid to write a check for people, and like we talked about last week, sometimes you hear some crazy rumors like Goldberg, Lesnar. You never know if the, if the guy wants to pay somebody, it could happen in AEW. But moving on from Rusev, because, oh, man, bringing up his wife, she is hot, but, boy, she can't wrestle very well. It's kind of hard to watch. But we'll talk about that maybe in a, the Monday Night Raw segment. Going on, uh, we all know about Matt Hardy. He had a match last Saturday, I believe. Somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. But – um. It was an extreme rules match, pretty much, where anything goes. They were fighting outside the ring. They were in the, actually, the tunnels of the arena they were in. He was on a scissor lift, and he jumped off onto a table, and he actually hit his head coming down, and a lot of people freaked out. Some people blame it on the person who set it up. Some people blame it on uh, Hardy and his opponent, which off the top of my head, I'm, I'm missing at the moment. Um, but... Anyways, a lot of people were afraid of that because, you know, AEW, similar to NXT, they take a lot of risks. They do a lot of more things. So this is going to happen sometimes. You have an older Matt Hardy. Body's a little bit broken down. We watched Matt Hardy for a long time. Uh, big fan. You've always been a big fan of him, the leaders of the world during that whole thing, moving on to AEW. Um, this type of thing, he can't have many injuries left like in, in, in him this in the career for him man I can't talk I'm stuttering all over the place what what did you think about that and do you think he should maybe cool it a little bit take it a little bit easier or just be the guy he is yeah I think it's something where you have to look at this situation further if you're AEW and you have to ask yourself is it worth putting this big money 
prize that we won from the WWE at risk um, in his old age. I mean, let's face it, Matt Hardy is going to sell tickets no matter the promotion he's at, but he's not going to be able to sell the tickets if he's not wrestling. So I think that they got to be a little more careful. Not that I think that that bit was Matt Hardy's fault or AEW's fault. I think that I heard it was Sammy um, Guevara's fault, the wrestler. I heard that he um, had a botched, mishandled, um, I guess, scissor lift fall, you might want to call it or whatever. And I heard that um, the table setter also may have misplaced the uh, tables a little bit. So, uh, or I'm sorry, I heard the uh, placer of the forklift actually placed it a little incorrectly. Uh, Guevara and Hardy thought it was like one or two feet to the left of where it was supposed to be. So... Between the guy who's setting that up and Sammy Guevara, I mean, those are the two guys who AEW should be um, punishing for this. And I think they owe an apology to Hardy. And, yeah, maybe they're going to be more careful with Hardy. But if he wants to do it, it's up to him. And uh, he's earned the right throughout his career to wrestle how he wants to wrestle. So if it's still balls to the wall, hats off to him. Cleveland, thoughts? Uh, I got to disagree with that. I feel that Matt Hardy, at the age he is, needs to slow down on some of the stuff he does. Matt Hardy is 45 years old. There's no, there's no reason for Matt Hardy at that age to take the bumps that he still takes. If AEW views him as big of a star, as Tones mentioned, then they would tell Matt Hardy to calm down on some of the risky bumps that he does. Now, I didn't watch the match fully. I only heard about what happened. I don't know who is to blame for it. But even if it's not Matt Hardy's fault, I feel like at 45 years old, he not be taking these outrageous bumps anymore. If anything, you should be, your, your wrestling has to, you're not 20 years old anymore. You can't wrestle how you was at 20 and 30 years old. The body does not hold up as a wrestler when it reaches that age. So I feel- And I think we, I th- I think we can all agree at the end of the day, his safety to us is the most important. Of course. Um, keep continuing your point. Yeah, safety is very important. And then it reminds me of the instance where Vince McMahon basically told Ric Flair that you are getting too old to like do some of the things that you are doing. That's why you don't really see Ric Flair wrestling in a WWE ring anymore because at a certain age, you have to change your wrestling style. You cannot wrestle how you was 20, 30 years ago. Matt Hardy's not with Jeff Hardy anymore, jumping off ladders, all these crazy things anymore. He's 45 years old. Like, all right, off the top rope moves are okay, but not jumping from a scaffold onto a table. This is like, this is like a, I mean, this wasn't supposed to be anything wild, though. I mean, it's not like, you know, he's jumping off uh, top of a cage through three, four tables or anything like that. He was just supposed to be bumped off of this table or bumped off of, um, you know, the structure through a table. I mean, still dangerous, but it's not like he was doing any moves or putting himself at risk. He was supposed to be the fall guy, the bump guy here, actually. He was the one who was getting bumped for once instead of the one that was performing the move or giving the move. So I think that they tried to set it up where Hardy, you know, would still get his natural high of loving um, the spotlight and high flying. But at the same time, he was a secondary man here. He was the one getting bumped and he was the one who was really supposed to be in a safe spot. And really, and 
that it, there's, I think that we can all agree at the end of the day, like we said, we, we, we just, he's well now um, to clear you guys up on that. He's, he has gotten out of the hospital. He was actually on the show yesterday, just made an announcement. So for the fans and the people, which we all are Matt Hardy fans at the end of the day, how can you not be? The guy is, uh, I mean, he's going to be in the hall of fame, him and Jeff. I mean, it's all the resumes there. If you want to see it, just all you got to do is a couple YouTube videos. Moving on, though, from him, we want to talk about other AEW topics. I'm actually just reading now because I know my brother is a huge Chris Jericho fan. Chris Jericho and Jack Hager announced their future decision. The duo plans on climbing the tag team ranks to capture the gold. So one thing I think, the reason I bring that up besides being Jericho, I think AEW has done a great job of getting people in the mix. Um, I think they actually have their tag team division better on track than the WWE. WWE. Yes, I am saying AEW is doing something better, so Snapchat that way you can, fans. You won't hear it often, but their tag division is structured, and what I mean by that is they have consistency built throughout their teams. They're not throwing random people together. They're not, you know, seeing a team for a few weeks and going away. You see the best and the worst a decent amount of times get exposed. So I guess my question, Cleveland, to you, tag team champions, do you think do you think a duo of who I know is Jack Swagger and Chris Jericho, do you think those two should be paired together? And B, do you think they should take tag titles away from teams that truly were put, meant to be together? <clears throat> uh, I feel that I have to agree. I would have to agree. I feel that since Jericho is not in the main event picture, the tag team picture with him and Jack Hagen, I believe is his new name, it's yeah. to keep them busy after Jericho just finished the feud up with Orange Cassidy. So I feel like, and then since the fact that they have spent so much time together, Jack Hager joined Jericho a few months ago and they have been basically like a tag team ever since he accompanies Jericho to the ring all the time. So I don't think it's like how WWE does it where they just throw random two guys together that just have like no chemistry whatsoever together and just put them together and make them champions compared to Jericho and Hager, who I spent months together. He has been by the side of Jericho through many feuds on AEW. So I feel that they should win the tag team. And plus it's Chris Jericho. He would elevate their tag team division. It's like the name alone adds value to their tag team champions. Tones, what about your thoughts on your guy, Jericho? Tag team division, good idea, bad idea? I think it's a good idea. I mean, if you don't have a direct spot for him in the uh, main event right now, you might as well throw him in a tag team. And like Cleveland said, these guys have been together since pretty much almost the start of AEW in a group together. It's not like they're just a random faction getting thrown together or whatnot. So I think it's a good idea. I think they gel together well, and I think it's a uh, good pair. I think Hager and uh, Jericho should win the um, tag team titles. And, and let's not forget, um, Jericho was a long champion with the, uh, the AEW title. He had a long reign. So the odds of him getting it back anytime soon, along with Cody Rhodes, is pretty unrealistic in the near future. So I agree. They have to have their better stars. You know, and like you both said, they could elevate the tag team division, bring up teams like the Jurassic Park, I mean, who put on phenomenal shows and really get things going. As much as I would love to continue to the AEW fans, 
we have to move on for now and keep the show going. We have so many other outlets and things to talk about. Right now, I want to talk about what's on tonight. I know you all will be listening in the morning and a lot more throughout the week, but we want to give a little preview to SmackDown with some predictions. So I'm going to just lay it out simple. AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy. I want to know your winner and why they should be the winner. Tone, start with you. Mm, I think uh, mm, this is a tough one. I'm going to lean with uh, – I'm going to go Hardy is going to win this one, and I think just because, um, you know, he's going to keep some some uh, good good vibes going, good uh, momentum going. I think he's got the belt now, right? So uh, yes. yep. I, I don't see him losing it if he just won it recently especially. So I think – I think it, uh, it'll be a good match. You're both true professionals, and they're both true veterans. They're both uh, pioneers of the sport. Um, but I think Hardy comes out on top. Cleveland? I have I would agree with Collins. I feel Jeff Hardy winning the title two weeks ago. I feel that they have plans for Jeff Hardy as the, the champion for a while. So I see this as another bump in the road for Jeff Hardy. I will say... Don't be surprised if Sami Zayn makes an appearance in the match or after the match because he's still claiming that he is the real Intercontinental Champion. And AJ Styles, even though he may lose tonight, he could still be in the IC title picture. So I could possibly see a triple threat match at Clash of Champions based off what happens tonight. Which, man, wouldn't that be a great match? Now, you guys talked about Tones. You talked about the accolades of Styles and Hardy, Cleveland. You mentioned Sami Zayn. I mean, talk about three professional wrestlers with very different uh, personalities. I, I also think Hardy's going to win. I think it's going to be a, actually a disqualification as well because that's a great point you bring up with Sami Zayn. He brings around the old IC title. Um, but Hardy, he deserves to have the belt. He just got it recently, like you both mentioned, and why, why give it up now? Let's set up something nice at uh, Clash. And, and you never know when he's going to get his next DUI, so you might as well get use out of him. <laughs> hey, you, you speak in fact. You're speaking fact. That's going to happen. So, <clears throat> that's it. Anyways, anyways, that is – you threw me up for a loop there with that one. Sami Zayn, at the end of the day, though, does deserve another chance. Uh, he left for reasons – to be outside of COVID and situations like that. And now he's back from his hiatus. And I think that would set up a very good three-person rivalry at a night of champions. Okay. Also want to bring up second thing on tonight's schedule. So we saw Uso go in the picture to fight Roman at Clash of Champions. I know Roman's going to win this at Clash of Champions or just they have to get over the road or something, but could this be a good storyline, Cleveland, in your opinion, in the following weeks to come on SmackDown, or is this going to lay flat until the next time Roman gets an opponent? I feel with Paul Heyman at Roman's side, anything is possible, which is very good. I think that Roman turning his back on his family is the storyline that WWE is going. I was very surprised Jay Uso won. Like, I was really expecting Big E to win, and then Sheamus took Big E out. So Jay Uso winning was a very interesting choice. And with Roman, this attitude of he doesn't care about the fans, he doesn't care about anything. I'm the best. I should just take what's mine without asking questions. 
I feel him beating Jay Uso at Clash of Champions is a perfect way to start off heel turn Roman. So I think it's a very interesting storyline they're running with. Tones, give me your thought on that. Yeah, I think that um, he's not only going to beat Uso, I think he's going to destroy him. I think it's going to be a massive heel turn. It's a family member, so it's a, it's a good chance for the WWE to make use of it. I wasn't thinking that um, Uso was going to win either. I thought I thought um, one of the other guys, I thought Sheamus might have had a chance at winning uh, with his new, um, you know, enigma, but... It didn't end up being that. It ended up being Uso, and Uso and Roman Reigns are facing off with Paul Heyman in the corner. So it's going to be interesting, and I think we're going to see a big heel turn. I think that not only Roman is going to defeat Uso, but I think he's going to make Uso go on a hiatus for a while. I think we're not going to see Uso for a little bit. I think Roman's going to do something um, sadistic, some might say, to Uso, and I think he's going to be um, on the shelf for a bit, and then that's going to start his heel turn, and you never know if Uso will get another shot down the line and try and be the next big thing. But for now, it's Roman's uh, it's Roman's yard, and he's he's making it a, a evil one around Halloween. <laughs> and I do, and I get it. I get the heel turn. I I see where they're going with it. You need to build that up somehow. I was very disappointed to see Uso. I, I know he's going to do some – the Paul Heyman factor is having me fully tied into this. But I was disappointed to see the Uso win. I thought at Night of Champions they really could have put – even if it was bro Matt Riddle, I think they – even though Uso will put up a good match, I just – I don't know. It, it doesn't do it for me. But I am interested to see the buildup. I am interested to see how they make him turn very heel. I mean, we all know since – 2015 Roman Roman Reigns has been getting booed. This is not something that's just been happening recently. So you might as well have him turn heel for once in his career and put him on the other side. Everyone's sick of the same face guy because once he wins this uh, match and goes on, it's good. Let's, I think he'll probably have it to WrestleMania just to find out who he'll be in the main event with, which been multiple rumors out there. Last thing I want to talk about a little bit, Alexa Bliss uh, in The Fiend. Uh, last week, you, for the first time, like when we first started watching Bray Wyatt, you would see all of his characters throughout random episodes start popping out before we met him. It's starting to happen again. Um, it's a little sadistic, as Tones used the word. It's a little creepy. It's a little interesting. I don't know if it's going to go... I think it's going to go well. I'm interested. I personally thought Alexa Bliss would be joining the Fun House, but um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how they're going to do, spin it. But she's entering the Fun House tonight, and we'll see what happens. Cleveland, what do you think? Do you think this is a good move for Alexa Bliss, or do you think she should just keep in the ring and out of these type of storylines? I think it's a good move for Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. Uh, we mentioned it before. How last I think it was two years ago, WWE promised us Sister Abigail when Bray Wyatt was feuding with Finn Balor, but I believe Bray Wyatt was sick at the time, so they scrapped the feud. And two years later, Sister Abigail has been floating around, and it looks like Alexa Bliss, with her and Nikki Cross officially breaking up, Alexa Bliss needs something to do. She doesn't have a direction right now, so I feel like her and Bray Wyatt are the perfect combination. And if they can get Braun Strowman to possibly join them, we're looking at a riot a Wyatt family reunion, and that is what 
that is something that I am really looking forward to. Tony C. Yeah, I agree. I think that Alexa Bliss needs a place filler right now until she makes another run at a title. The main belt probably would be next in line for her, but for the time being, it's a perfect little fill-in and placeholder, and I think it's a little weird. Um, I think it's a cool storyline, but it's a little weird for sure. Uh, it's cool, though, but um, it's interesting. It's it's a good mix of stars between Strowman, Wyatt and uh, Bliss, I mean, three of the best in the business are intertwined in his storyline, so you don't get that too often. And, I mean, if you're not an avid wrestling fan and you turn in and, you know, you catch a segment of it, you're probably like, what the hell is this? But if you understand wrestling, you watch wrestling, you'll understand that it's one of the better things going on with the show right now. So I think they're doing a good job of utilizing Alexa Bliss in her role with uh, – Dre Wyatt and Braun Strowman. And great input in keeping on the woman. We don't want to, we want to give them credit where credit is due. Alexa Bliss, I agree. I think you're going to do great in this role. I think it's going to be very interesting and I'm loving to see where it goes. Moving on in the women's division, the big story. We all knew it was coming. This was no surprise. Bailey turning on Sasha. It, it, let's, it is what it is. It's it just a matter of when, not if. So, she turns last week, beats her silly around the ring. She's going to be on SmackDown tonight explaining why. I, I bet you it's something along the lines of she's dragging me down. I can do this on my own, blah, blah, blah. I think that's the input I have on it. But whatever they do, do I know this. They can't put them back together just anytime soon and throw them. So this, I think this is going to have to be a long rivalry. I think it's going to have to even continue past Night of Champions and – it, it keep building up slowly for a while. I hope they don't rush this because I feel like a lot of times in WWE, you have too many people who turn and go face. It's like the big show thing. I think he turned oh, like 555 times in his career from face to heel. I just don't want to see this storyline go quickly and then after Night of Champions be over with. I think they could really build this. Tone's thoughts on that Sasha Bailey uh, incident. Yeah, I think it was um, inevitable. Obviously, it was inevitable that one of the two were going to turn heel on each other. I wasn't sure who it was going to be at first, but it turns out that it was indeed Bailey and Sasha. And I think the storyline is going to get interesting. I think they have a lot of momentum going with probably a uh, Survivor Series or WrestleMania endpoint, one of those two. You never know how far they might take it. It might take a break in between and then circle back or whatnot. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. You never know. It'd be something if Bailey came out with like a new best friend already or something and they were just clowning Sasha, something a little creative along those lines. But I doubt that happens. I bet you it's just a one-on-one -on -one rivalry. And uh, I bet you it'll, you know, drag out for a little bit and then come to an end. But I do like what they're doing with it right now. It's pretty entertaining. And, and Cleveland called it right the other week on the show for, for you listeners. And thank you again if you tuned into the first two episodes. Cleveland made the prediction of Bailey being the heel and Sasha being the face. Correct me if I'm wrong, Cleveland, right? That is very correct. And continue off that, please. The, the, the floor is yours. Um, it was seem I well, actually to me it was – I know I said the statement, but I've also thought it would be Sasha that would – turn on Bailey and Sasha would still be the face 
but I felt that it was Sasha that would be one that's tired of living in Bailey's shadows. Bailey cost her her last champion. You know, Bailey was the one that tapped out first. So it would mean that it would seem Sasha was the dominant one in the feud. And right now it seems Bailey is the dominant one because she weakened Sasha. And I feel like, like you mentioned, this feud will go past class for champions. This could possibly go until Survivor Series or even longer than that. This is a feud that people have been wanting for years now. So I'm happy that they finally pulled the trigger on it and allow us to get these great matches because Sasha and Bailey are going to put on phenomenal matches. And we can't say it enough where we love the women's division. We, you know, unfortunately right now without Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, uh, you have to make work with, and you have to build people up. But at the same time, you have the best in Sasha and Bailey. And during, I can't say it enough about them during Corona and during everything. They've been there every step of the way in matches all the time, it's putting themselves on the line. So kudos to them. That is what we are going to preview tonight for SmackDown. And we gave you some of our thoughts moving forward on it. I want to move into our new segment that we brought up. Just to remind the folks, Donuts with Cleve. So, for our guest, Tones, who I know listened to our last episode, but I'm going to recap for the fans as well. It's three questions. These are not questions that have been scripted. They're with uh, my brother and with Cleveland. They have no idea what's coming. It's on a one to five donut scale. I say the question, if you strongly agree, you say five. If you mildly agree to indifferent three. And if you say, oh, hell no, you give it a one. So we're going to start with the first question. It's going to go to you, Cleveland, right off the bat. WrestleMania will be a sold-out crowd in California this year. Of course. WrestleMania is a sellout event every year. People love WrestleMania. um, I believe the last time that WrestleMania was held in California, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was WrestleMania 21 where John Cena and Batista both won the world title for the first time. And that was actually one of the best WrestleManias in the past few years. So going back to California, off that success, what they did at the last WrestleMania, I feel that it would be a sold-out event. Anthony? It just depends with the state of the pandemic, I guess, honestly. It's like it could easily have an effect on it. California is one of the most states on one of the more – high up lockdowns there are so no i don't i think it's a one that wrestlemania sells out i don't think it has a high chance at all i think california is not going to allow them to have fans there at all probably uh, based on what their governors and high up officials have done to their state so i don't think we see fans at wrestlemania if it remains in california the only chance we get fans at wrestlemania is if it moves out of california and I'm I'm gonna go a three. I hate to be I hate to be a three donut guy. I you I, I one and five. Those are the strong points. But to jump between Cleveland and my brother's point here, I'm gonna go a three down the middle. Now, I say that because both your statements are are factual. Cleveland WrestleManias are sold out. And if COVID doesn't get in the way, say we get a vaccine and all of a sudden we're back to normal quickly, I agree we'll be sold out. However, with the pandemic going on, it is tough. Now, if you look at the NFL, um, if you look at even AEW, and they're starting to sell tickets a little bit. So people are starting to creep back in the stadiums. The percentages are low. 
I'm talking under the highest being 25% for any stadium, but we're starting to see them creep in. But until we get a vaccine, I don't think you can see a full WrestleMania. But that is why I'm hanging in the middle because we don't know where it will take us in the future. And we all hope, we all hope we could have a full WrestleMania because me and my brother went two years, uh, two years ago to 2018 when the woman and uh, main evented, we had a great time in New York. We plan on going last year in Tampa Bay. Shout out to Tampa Bay. You got hosed. We'll get back there. But um, it, it was I think the, the one after. Time. I think the one after next year's in Tampa already. I think they said. Which is uh, with that, and which is awesome. I, I did read. You're right. I did read that too. So at least they gave them back the opportunity. We all want a full WrestleMania. All right. Question number two. Cody Rhodes is the face of AEW, not Chris Jericho. To tell him. Yeah, mm, I think um, it's kind of tough because they have a couple faces, I feel like, but Jer or, I mean, Cody Rhodes made, he was the one who inspired and made it. Jericho kind of just helped hype it up with his big wrestling following and his big following in general. I'm going to go with five donuts. I think Cody Rhodes is the face I would say, because Jericho, their plans for him were kind of to um, bring fans to it, bring attention to it, put it on the map, get, get other talent involved, get them to sign there. Jericho recruited a ton of people to AEW officials, um, you know, announcers, wrestlers, performers. He recruited a lot of things. I think his signing with AEW wasn't to make him the face of it. I think it was more so to help out everything involved. I think Cody Rhodes is more so the face. Jericho, um, he's the face, but he's going to fade out quickly. Rhodes will last a lifetime, and he's the one who made the movement to start it off. Cleveland, your thought. How many donuts? I give it a five. I agree with Tones. Jericho was the first AEW champion because of his name. He was a big star. But Cody Rhodes was the first TNT champion. And Cody Rhodes was defending it every week. You notice Cody Rhodes rarely takes defeat. Cody Rhodes is basically the face of AEW. He's presented as the top guy in there. He hasn't won a top title yet, but I see he will soon climb that ladder to get into the main event. So I agree that Cody Rhodes is the face of AEW. And just, and just to play devil's advocate, because I see both your points, I'm going to say a one, and here's why I'm going to say a one. The reason I think it is this way is because Chris Jericho is so out there in mainstream. He ha he's in a band. He has his podcast. I know to true AEW fans, it's going to be the answer is going to be Cody Rhodes. But when you look at how they're promoted, Chris Jericho is on what Tone said, the following. I think his face is just everywhere. He what, you know his history in WWE. We don't need to go through the accolades. I mean, he's done many great things. But he brings, he brings people in more so than anybody else in the business, I feel like. I understand Cody Rhodes started it, but I think Chris Jericho's finishing the touches on AEW by bringing in all the publicity he does from all his outlets. He's, a, he's one of the biggest names. He loves to get his, himself out there. And he doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. So I'm going to play a little devil's advocate there 
and go with one donut from Joey Donuts. And we're going to move on to question number three. So this one's a little bit of a two side. You got to think about two things in this question, but I'll read it as is. Randy Orton will win and have the belt at Night of Champions and hold that belt until at least the, the Royal Rumble. Cleveland, starting with you. It seems on the previous encounter that maybe Randy Orton will possibly win the champion at class, win the title at Clash of Champion against Drew McIntyre. Personally, I hope Drew McIntyre overcomes Orton. I feel that, like I've stated in last week's episode, Drew McIntyre deserves a long run with the title. If Randy Orton does win the title, then I feel that Randy Orton will hold it for a long time. Seeing there's no face on Raw after Drew McIntyre, who could possibly step up and challenge Randy Orton for the title. You have Kevin Owens, but he's currently in a feud with Aleister Black right now. Keith Lee? Maybe Keith Lee, possibly, but I wouldn't want Keith Lee to challenge Randy Orton so early because I know they're not going to put the title on Keith Lee that early. So I would have to go three on that in the middle, personally because I want Drew McIntyre to retain, but I feel Randy Orton will walk out of Clash of Champions. But if he does walk out, do you think he holds it for a long time if Randy walks out? Yes, simply because there's no one on Raw, I feel, that can challenge him as a face for the title or take it from him right now. How many donuts, Tones? Ooh, um, I don't know. I just don't see Randy Orton winning the title, and I don't see him holding on to the title if he does win. I don't think there's any good opponents to face him or beat him for the title if he were to win it. But let's be honest, WWE is kind of known for just doing what Vince McMahon wants, and when's the last time Vince has made good decisions? Um, It's been five, ten years that we've seen some good product on TV. So if Randy were to win it, it probably would change hands in a month, maybe a couple weeks, knowing the writers and the backgrounds of Raw. Who knows who might end up with it, but I don't think Randy's going to win, so I don't think we have to worry about that. I hope they're smart enough um, not to let Randy win and ruin that title opportunity that McIntyre has going. And another thing I think, Cleve was 100% spot on. They can't have Keith Lee face him because, let's be honest, Vince wouldn't let a young guy like that win. I mean, every young guy who he puts in the title picture right away ends up going to nothing. They end up getting wasted. It happens all the time. Look at Ricochet. Who? What the hell does that guy do now? It's like all these guys who get thrown in the flame right away just fizzle out so quick. So I don't think we'll see Keith Lee fighting for that belt anytime soon. And it's funny, you bring up a great point that I want to talk about, and that goes into mine, because I'm giving it five donuts for the reason you brought up. Vince McMahon has unfortunately lost it, ladies and gentlemen. We know that. They actually said ever since Paul Heyman left Raw, that Raw's been a little bit of a mess. SmackDown has been great the last month. It has been spot on with their shows. I'm actually, we all, I think, are excited to watch it here in the, about the next 20, 25 minutes. But Raw, since Paul Heyman left, sadly, Vince is changing things last minute. And that's why I think he loves his veterans. When he thinks things are going south, Vince relies on the people who got him there. I, 
I don't think he would have been set up Randy Orton to fight Drew McIntyre a second time if Vince McMahon and his twisted head didn't want him to win this title. I think he wins it. And I actually think he wins it and holds it so far that at WrestleMania, you will see Edge versus Randy Orton for that title. So I'm not saying I fully agree with it, but I just can see in Vince's head sometimes when he thinks things are a little dry and stale, he tries to make a big change and things happen. So we'll see and we'll move on from that and we'll go from there. I mean, all great thoughts. Another great segment with uh, Donuts with Cleve that will be back next week. We've talked a lot of wrestling, fellas, a lot of wrestling. But another short segment of mine, Joey's thoughts. I want to get a few minutes with you guys on sports, man. It's, it's great to have him back. Um, we got playoffs going on. Football came out of nowhere. I just kind of want to keep it easy. I want to go around the room. We're going to start with NBA, NBA prediction and who wins the NBA this year. We're going to do this with all sports. NBA, I'm going to start. I think it's going to be the Celtics versus the Lakers. LeBron walks out on top with another championship. Tones, I want your prediction. It's tough. I mean, the NBA, it's like two different seasons almost, the pre-bubble season and the bubble season. So everything that we've come to learn about these teams has quickly changed in the past month or month and a half uh, before our eyes with these teams. Um, uh, I think, you know, the NBA has been good in the bubble, but I don't think it's been great in the bubble. I've been disappointed with a lot of the matchups. I don't think we've seen a lot of good games. I hope that the finals change my mind on that. I'm a big NBA guy, but the bubble, they, they just haven't been all too competitive. I mean, it's been a lot of gentlemen sweeps, I feel like. A lot of, um, you know, one, one game win by an underdog team here and there, and then three or four in a row by the team people expect. Like the Rockets, they got one right away. And look at the Lakers. They might be, uh, you know, sending them home soon. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I was hoping for the Magic, man, when they beat the Bucks that first game. I was really pulling for the Magic. But we all know uh, fairy tales don't carry too far. So if I had to predict right now, I would say the Clippers are looking really good. I'd go with the Clippers. They just look like, you know, they're tandem, man. I would take Leonard and George over. Uh, LeBron and Davis are great. So, I don't know. That's going to be fun. I'll go with the Clippers to be different, and um, I'll throw Leonard. Because I think Leonard is the best player in the NBA, too. That's just my belief. I think Leonard's just incredible. If he wins with the Clippers this year, to me, he's already a top 12 NBA player of all time, bringing championships to San Antonio, Toronto, and then Los Angeles. And he would have one in L.A. before LeBron, and LeBron was there a year before Leonard. So that would be interesting there. But I think it goes Clippers over – I'm going to go Clippers over uh, Philadelphia. Not that I was a Philadelphia guy a couple of years – not Philadelphia, I'm sorry, uh, Miami. I'm, I'm thinking about Jimmy Butler. So not that I was a Miami guy a couple of years back, but I like what Miami's done in the bubble, and I think they've played some good basketball. So I'm going to go Clippers over Miami in the finals. Jimmy Butler, shout out to you for proving me wrong and um, taking Miami places. Cleveland, NBA thoughts, who's in the finals and who wins and why? Um, first one was I was like to say, whoa, Tones, uh, that was an earful right there. Uh, I'm going to go Lakers is winning it all. Uh, I have to disagree with the Clippers analogy that Kawhi is better than LeBron James. 
I feel that Paul George played absolutely terrible in the first round against Dallas. And then, that's, that's good news then for the Clippers because they could only get better. And then the fact that they are matched up. And you mentioned it. The playoffs are not as – I felt the playoffs were very interesting this year. I think a lot of people did not give the Lakers – still are not giving the Lakers their credit. Portland beats them one game and people lose their mind. Lakers win the next four games. And suddenly people are not as interested in the playoffs because LeBron James wins. I it, I I love the NBA. I've actually watched wrestling in the NBA about the same length of time. So I got Lakers winning against the Boston Celtics. Miami has been a very big surprise in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. Was not expecting them to be Milwaukee that easily. But I don't think they can match the Celtics' firepower. And plus, we get to see a Lakers and a Celtics finals again. One of the best rivalries in sports. LeBron James versus up-and-coming talent and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I got Brown taking his fourth ring and moving further in his GOAT conversation. And, and before we keep going on to talk with sports, we'll go to the NFL next. Quick shout out to Cleveland's grandma. We will get 205 live in the talks. I apologize. We are going to get there. We did not forget about you or 205 live, one of our biggest guests. I mean, one of our biggest listeners. So we will get that out there. But we move on again. To the NFL, we had our first game last night. The Chiefs look like they're trying to win another Super Bowl. Man, was whew, up and down they go for uh, Watson. He's got all that money, but nobody to throw to. Um, Super Bowl predictions. I'm going to start this one again. I'm going to go – I'm going to go Ravens over Tampa Bay. I struggled on my NFC team for a while. I was between them and New Orleans. But I'm going to go Baltimore Ravens over Tampa Bay. I think Lamar Jackson has a bad taste in his mouth from last year, kind of like Mahomes had when he lost in the AFC Championship to Brady. I think Lamar Jackson's ready. I think they got better. Um, they added Clayus Campbell on the D-line. I know they did lose Earl Thomas, but they've added some good picks in the draft. And I feel like I feel like they're full. They're the most complete team in the NFL. If Lamar Jackson plays like he did last year, I feel like it, it's hard to stop them. Titans, you know, they lost to them last year. Derrick Henry, he, he was Iron Man. He was a buzzsaw. But I think the Ravens get it together. And on the other side, we all know about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tones' team. Uh, they got Brady. They got Gronk. They got Fournette. They got Arians. They got Evans, Godwin. They got everything they need. So I think, you know, you get the young bloods with the old bloods and you get a great matchup. And I think you got a, at the end of the day, you get a 30 to 24 game with the Baltimore Ravens, your Super Bowl champions. How about you, Cleveland? Um. I just started watching football two seasons ago, so I'm still getting familiar with the game. My favorite team is the Cowboys. I am a big deck. And Okay, okay. Uh, I like the receiver they picked up in the draft this year. I believe his name is C.D. Lamb. You mm -hmm. are correct. I like Amari Cooper. Oh, I got fantasy. Uh, they got a new coach. Uh, the Cowboys have the talent. They just have underperformed every season under Jason Garrett, I believe, was the old coach. So with a new coach and a more focused deck, 
He is a top 10 quarterback, top five quarterback in the league. So I think he has something to prove. Ezekiel Elliott has something to prove. People said he had an offseason because he didn't lead the league in rushing, which I think is still crazy. But he has something to prove. And then I love the signing of Andy Dalton as a backup for Deck, a veteran in the league. If Deck were to go down with an injury, we're not in trouble because we have an established starting quarterback in the league backing us up. So I have Cowboys and then Cowboys versus uh, – You ain't going to go maybe Jimmy G again? <laughs> no, no. I was not rooting for the Niners last year. I, I, Me either. I knew the Chiefs were going to win it. Uh, Jimmy G's solid quarterback, uh, not a championship quarterback in my opinion. Uh, too many handoffs for me, not enough passing. So I have Cowboys and Chiefs Super Bowl. Okay, I like that. And and who's coming out on top? Man, you know, it's really hard to bet against Patty Mahone. Um, even though I just started watching football a few years ago, I used to play Madden, so I know about Peyton Manny, Brady, Eli, and all these great quarterbacks, but man. Watching Patrick Mahone is just different. He's like a different quarterback, something that we have never seen. Chiefs will win it, sadly. Like I said, I want the Cowboys to win it, but I think the Chiefs are going to repeat. They have too much firepower, and they have the best quarterback in the league. Tampa Tony, what do we got? I Honestly, I'm impressed with Cleve. I thought he would have been a lifelong NFL fan by the way he just spit some knowledge of the game right there. Shout out to you, Mr. Cleveland. You pretty much hit the nail on the head with a lot of what you were saying with your descriptions and analogies of all these guys and teams such as Mahomes and the Cowboys and CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott and Jimmy Garoppolo. I, too, think he's average, not a championship quarterback. So I think all you spoke, I think it was all accurate. Besides your Super Bowl prediction, mister, I'm going with Tampa Bay is going to play a home game in the Super Bowl. It's in Tampa Bay this year. And it's a surprise. I'm going Tampa over Buffalo in the Super Bowl. I think Buffalo Bills, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. They had a great team last year. They add one of the best receivers in football, Stephon Diggs, this year. That defense is amazing. That division got a ton weaker this offseason. The Jets didn't really load up. The Dolphins, they got better, but for the future, not for now. For the future, they got better, not for now. And then New England, obviously, they got worse because half their defense opted out, not only Brady, because I do think Cam Newton's a good quarterback, but half of New England's defense is now not there anymore. So I think Buffalo escapes with the one seed in the AFC after taking advantage of an easy division. I think they take at least five games from their own division and I think it's game on Josh Allen's a really good young talent now they have John Brown Cole Beasley Dawson Knox Stefan Diggs Devin Singletary they drafted Zach Moss that offense is potential and we all know their defense is one of the best in the business so I'm going Tampa over Buffalo in the Super Bowl and, and great analysis boys right there I just want to get a little sports in the mix as you know we talk a lot about wrestling but we're big advocate sports fans and a lot of other topics to come to in the future. So we just want to get a little sports twist in. I got to give a shout out to my Colts. 
I have them in the AFC Championship, so I got to give my team a little bit of love. Sorry, got to throw my Philip Rivers boy in there. Woo! Anyway, um, we're moving on. We're wrapping up here shortly. Uh, folks, I, how rude of me. Real quick, I want to bring up NXT a moment. Finn Balor, kudos to you. You went through a four-man lumberjack match, first time ever. And you went through the ultimate, <clears throat> wow, off the top of my head, he just ran out of my head. Uh, Adam Cole, he went right through him at the last show, and he is the champion. Um, we all know he made the move from WWE back to NXT. He's been an NXT champion before. He's got a sick finisher, and I just think he really deserves it. So shout out to you, Finn Balor. Moving on, though, I want to bring up a couple more po points before we let the show go for tonight. First things first, we are going to have more guests next week. I've been on his show before along with my brother, Anthony. Quick shout out to the Ruiz brothers. Uh, you could find his brother, Alex, at Row 7 Podcast. Great sports analysis. Um, just life in general. He just brings up good thoughts. You can find them him on Twitter. They're going to be on with us next week, and we're going to have a little four-man powwow. So be ready for that. And then the week after, we all know our buddy Myron Chapman. Me, me and Anthony just were in a group chat with him, Cleveland. He got the most luxurious room on this train, man. He, he upgraded it for a five-hour ride to see us. So we're going to get him live at, the, uh, at my household doing that to actually have a wrestler by the name of Ryu Kendrick on. So a lot of good things coming. I just want to wrap up, boys, with – I want to get final thoughts. What would you think, Cleveland? How was it tonight, man? you have a good time or what? I had a great time tonight. Shout out, Tones, for making an appearance. Thank you for your opinions. Um, I think we accomplished a lot tonight, and hopefully that our fans listen to episode three and give us some feedback on what we can do better. That's always important. And that's how I want to wrap it up, and I want to say have a great weekend, everyone. Tony, wrap it up for us. Give us your final thoughts. Yeah, I just want to thank you guys again for having me. It was a, a great time. It was a fun time. I would definitely be back. Uh, two great, knowledgeable wrestling fans, Cleveland and Joe, just spitting some wrestling knowledge. Uh, my tutelage might not be as high right now with wrestling, but I always appreciate the wrestling product. I always appreciate watching, talking, um, having a good time about wrestling. It's a Friday night, so why not? Shout out to TimeSkew at TimeSkew Pod. I do interviews for them, mainly with uh, football players and whatnot, and I write articles for them as well. You could follow us at TimeSkew Pod. Shout out to the TimeSkew Podcast Network, which Cleve and me is a part of. You could follow them at TSP and underscroll and also check out uh, my twitter page once again at tricky tones bgte i do a couple of other podcasts um and you can find them on there so thanks again for having me it was a good time and uh, can't wait to be back no and, and it's and it's a blast it's fun having guests on uh just because me and anthony are brothers there's three brothers here me cleveland and tones we have a great bond we have a great strong friendship brotherhood and it's just great to have him on. He's a very knowledgeable guy. Please give him a listen. If you like the NFL, if you like to hear, you know, any other cardboard and cracker jacks is about baseball. He's got he's got the football bucketeer podcast. So give it a look, give it a go, because uh, we're all helping each other out here. We're all growing together. But that being said, thank you fans so much again. Um, we really appreciate everything. We want to hear from you. Believe me, I love to critique myself. I must have stuttered three times tonight. 
I, you know, it happens. People improve. We're all about good criticism. We love our fans. And we want to hear from you. So please, once again, it's another great night. It's Friday night. We're going into a weekend. I'm, I'm loving this Friday night stuff. We're going to go watch SmackDown. And on that note, Cleveland Me says good night to all and have a great evening. Blessed evening. Good night.